This is normal, right? Veronica questioned as she twirled a strand of loosely fallen hair that slipped from her tight bun. The girl scoffed to herself as she peered up to her friends, eyes scanning the room in an attempt to validate her current predicament. Proclaimed football prodigies, models in training, kids bound to take over the family company, future CEOs and lawmakers, a room littered with the region's most elite family's offspring, all with one thing in common. You should have seen the old hag's face spark one of the star players from the Worksbook High hockey team, causing his group of friends to nod in agreement. Ha! That's nothing. Have you heard the story of when me and the girls paid the shelters a visit, cackled a young girl who was known for acting on TV shows? As 7 p.m. drew near, the excitement only seemed to dangerously stir. Veronica shifted uncomfortably, causing others to glare in her direction and laugh. She was still new to this. Money, power, notoriety, and all she had to give up was her ring finger and the rest of her young adult life. Her fingers seemed to thoughtlessly fiddle with the diamond ring that garnished her hand as she remembers what her new mother-in-law told her. Couples who purge together stay together. Shadows reside within all of our minds, pursuing us to the deepest depths of our subconscious, pressing us to follow the paths of darkness. Hatred corrupts our souls. On the 30th of October, Liam Jameson, an 83-year-old retired fireman, begins to feel the shadows starting to take control. Throughout the afternoon, his mind starts playing tricks on him, like a symbiote fighting for its host, grasping onto every inch of its being. Liam's demons are beyond comprehension. He lived his life helping people and saving lives to grow old into seeing how self-destructive humanity truly is. With a tainted soul, his demons manifested into the shadows that now possess his existence. Going through the day as he stares into the plate to during dinner, thinking about all the times he saved people, got them out of fires, out of their undeniable death, to later see them destroy themselves with greed, hatred and envy. To see them manifest toxicity towards each other as their friends and family would succeed, their jealousy would step in the way to end their success. He harshly slams the table, turning the plate over and spilling the rest of the food and whispers, It's time to do something. I can't take this anymore. Before bed, he prepared all of his gear. And so it begun. His revenge was due on the 31st of October, famous day of All Hallows Eve and convenient day for the annual purge. This decision happened in order to put an end to Halloween on account of all the liberals using this holiday for indecent purposes, but for many, this was just an improvement as they managed to keep the streets away from the mobs and carefully pick who they wanted to make disappear forever. Dawn begins to set and Liam wakes up and for some reason he feels better than ever, as if he was a completely different person. 
Feeling refreshed after a shower, he looks at himself in the foggy mirror and with a massive grin he whispers, Let's have some fun, old man. As he walks towards his equipment, he grabs his trusty fire axe, running his fingers on the axe blade, picturing in his mind all of those he saved using this axe, who later became corrupted by greed and selfishness. Impatiently, he waits for 7pm to come, walking back and forth his place until the announcement is made. He quickly runs to his equipment and puts it on, his old fireman gear. You're going to serve me for one last time, for vengeance is due and walks out into the cold night. And in the place of the once elite room of people stood monsters draped in black attire and unforgiving masks which stole their identity. Blessed be the new founding fathers in America, a nation reborn. May God be with you all, they all murmured almost simultaneously before making their way out to claim the night. broadcast system announcing the commencement of the annual purge sanctioned by the US government. Weapons of class 4 and lower have been authorized for use during the purge. All other weapons are restricted. Government officials of ranking 10 have been granted immunity from the purge and shall not be harmed. Commencing at the siren, any and all crime, including murder, will be legal for 12 continuous hours. Police, fire, and emergency medical services will be unavailable until tomorrow morning at 7 a.m. when the purge concludes. Blessed be our new founding fathers and America, a nation reborn. May God be with you all. laughter, running engines, shots, and screaming are heard all across the neighborhood and town. But Jameson had a goal, and he's not letting anything or anyone get in his way. His first victim lives right across the street, a 65-year-old woman who dedicated her life to writing books that were meant to help people, but in reality did no good at all. Taking advantage of her surviving for credibility and expensive sales, her home was protected from the purge, but Jameson knew the neighborhood too well and knew how to get inside. There was a hidden hatch underneath the building that allowed access, so he crawls to it and enters slowly and walks up to the room with surveillance, and the control for it is where she sits during the purge looking out into the street. She does not expect it, so Jameson hoists the axe above his head and then hurls it right between the neck and the shoulder. Surprised, she gargles in panic as she loses blood and starts crawling around until she dies. Satisfied with this kill, Jameson moves on around the neighborhood, making several victims until he finds his last one, Sarah, 
an arsonist who Jameson craved for a very specific vengeance. The emergency broadcast rang out loudly, echoing through the neighborhood as its residents cowered within their shelters. This was the night of dread for some, eager anticipation for others. Street lights illuminated small sections of the sidewalk, dark spaces in between for camouflage from the untrained eye. Sarah's grip on her meat mallet tightened as she took a deep, shuddering breath. She leaned her back against the kitchen doorframe, crouched low to the floor to stay out of view from the front window adjacent to her. It's been hours since the purge began, and the neighborhood has suddenly become quiet. She squeezed her eyes shut upon hearing the front door handle jiggle. It was a slight and deliberate sound, as though someone was testing to see if it was really locked. After another stealing breath, she opened her eyes. She knew what she had to do. She put the mallet between her teeth and pushed herself onto her hands and knees. Sarah started crawling to the dining room, weary of the new sounds of footsteps on her front porch. Two, maybe three pairs, heavy boots, searching. She kept mental tabs as she hid under the dining room table and positioned herself into a crouch once more. She'd be ready for them this time. The front window smashed open and a can rolled down the hall with a trail of smoke billowing from it. She slapped a hand over her nose and mouth, but it was too late. She could already feel herself getting lightheaded. Sarah dashed from under the table and made a run for the basement door in the kitchen, but was struck from behind. A sickening crack echoed in her head as she fell face first toward the floor. Her vision blurred, and her head throbbed violently as she twitched violently. Heavy footsteps were the last thing she heard before blacking out completely. Disgusting. Putrid. Horrendous. Tightly balling her hands into a fist, she trugs along with her faction, slowly falling behind with each step. This is not her first time witnessing death, having endured 19 years of purging, yet she felt like crying. He was homeless, she presumed, cleverly hidden underneath a bridge, tucked underneath cardboard in a shopping cart. As she recalled the sounds of his screaming, she clenched tighter onto her bat, her now bloodied hands causing her grip to falter. Damn it. Looks like someone already got rid of these pests, grumbled someone, as they called attention to a house with its door kicked in. No, wait. It looks like they got the whole neighborhood, a quiet voice whispers out, as they wreck further down the street, bringing more broken doors into view. God, I wonder what group did this. It is silent before someone pipes up. No, not what group. What person. They said before they slowly bring their finger up and point it in the direction of a bloody man legging a woman in his arms. Say... Why don't we get some payback? He did wipe out this whole street. Who does he think he is? Sounds of agreement break the silence as they begin to quietly pursue him. With a deep groan, Sarah shifted in her seated position. Groggily, she opened her eyes but quickly shut them again as her consciousness registered the blinding light pointing directly at her face. After a few moments, she squinted in the light trying to ignore how it aggravated her already throbbing head and attempted to move from her position. Sarah found that her hands and her upper body were bound to a large metal chair of some kind. Confused, she tried to move her legs, but found she couldn't, and when she looked to see how tightly her legs were bound, a high-pitched shriek burst from her as she discovered two bloody stumps where her legs used to be. They were severed just below the knee, and blood was seeping through hastily wrapped sutures. She continued shrieking, her sobs coming out in chokes gasps, after a time as she continued to process her predicament. Upstairs, 
She could hear heavy footfalls migrating around the first floor of where she was held. Sniffling with shaky breath, she attempted to calm herself so the person or people above couldn't hear her. Sarah frantically looked around the space but found it was nearly impossible to see anything past the beam of light pointed directly at her. The sickening sound of blood dripping to the hard stone floor made her nauseous, and she found the bile rising in her throat desperately. The footsteps above began thumping louder and closer, seemingly right above her head. A door opened somewhere behind her, the light temporarily flooding the room before going dark again. Her breath hitched as she heard the footfalls draw closer to the chair where she was being held, and she waited with bated breath for the figure to walk in front of her. Five seconds. Ten seconds. Fifteen seconds. Sarah could hear her heart pounding deafeningly in her ears in anticipation, but the figure seemed to just be standing there, leering behind her. Suddenly, she let out a sharp cry as her head was snapped back, the figure yanking a fistful of her hair and holding her there. A dark figure silhouette loomed over her, the figure indistinguishable as they kept themselves just out of range of the light. Uh, looks like someone is finally awake. Uh, let's pick up where we left off, shall we? Why are you doing this? Sarah sobbed, straining against the figure's hold. The figure leaned forward more, their breath tickling Sarah's ear as they whispered. It's the purge. This is time for fun. Shoving her head away, she squeezed her eyes shut as she sobbed into her shoulder. The figure made a deep, throaty noise as they made their way to stand in front of Sarah, their chest eye-level with her. It's almost over. My job is to save people and I was really good at what I did. That doesn't matter anymore. All of you don't deserve to be saved. Sarah slowly shifted her gaze up to the person's face and gasped in recognition. I know you. You're my neighbor from down the street. M Mr. James, right? You don't have to do- Her sentence was cut short as the man pulled a hand back to send it crashing into the side of her face with a sharp slap. Can't even bother to remember my name, huh? Jameson! My name is Jameson. It's people like you that make my job so hard. All I do is try to save lives, but you can't even bother to pay attention. I know your name, Sarah. Yes, I know everyone in this fucking neighborhood. Or at least I did. Mr. Jameson turned away from her in disgust, disappearing into the darkness of the room once more. His voice echoed from the darkness, drifting away as he moved to a different, unseen part of the room. Don't you go anywhere now? I'll be back for you in a moment. Mr. Jameson returned with his battle-worn fire axe draped on his right shoulder. His heavy footfalls approached ominously, a grin spreading across his face as he watched Sarah burst into desperate sobs. Sarah's eyes widened as she eyed his weapon of choice, and she began to scream at the top of her lungs, rocking her body back and forth in the chair in a desperate attempt to escape. He lifted his left foot and slammed his boot down onto the stump of her left thigh to hold her in place. She continued to scream and thrash where she was held. He grinned wider as he swung the axe off his shoulder and positioned it right between her thighs. The tip of the axe pointed at her pelvic base. You know, I've never seen what the insides of a person look like. Only the chair remains of the exterior! 
Mr. Jameson remarked as he pressed the cold, stained steel to her pubic arch and dug the blade in, dragging it upward slowly. Her screams intensified upon contact and she thrashed more violently, her speech incoherent. He continued to drag the blade, tearing through the fabric and flesh alike and splitting her pelvis and stomach, the entrails spilling to the floor. She gave a final screech as the blade swiftly cut through her chest and throat, silencing her forever. Mr. Jameson dislodged his weapon from her corpse with a hard pull and admired his handiwork. It was finally done. Alone he stood, blood covered and content, an abandoned man left only with his thoughts in the thickening silence, until, knock, 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 three simple beats which echoed through his home. A stifled giggle could be heard behind the door before another three knocks are heard. Hello? Anyone home? Who are we kidding? We know you're home. They howled wildly as their feet and hands, almost in unison, began breaking down the door. The wood cracked against the pounding weight and broke beneath their feet. The band of killers filled the room as they looked around eagerly. Veronica stood nervously as she watched them swarm each room in anticipation, leisurely making her way down the hall. Suddenly, she stops in her tracks, her head shooting up as she inhales deeply, causing her face to twist in disgust and turn towards a lonely door. A metallic sour smell fills her nose. Fresh blood. Wow, Veronica. You're really getting the hang of this, someone down the hall giddily says as people begin to make their way to her. Veronica blinks slowly before smiling. You think so? She turns her attention back to the door and smirks. Getting the hang of this, Veronica whispered before slamming open the door. Alone stood the blood-covered man, frozen in fear as the group stood upon the top of the staircase looking down at him maniacally. Almost instinctively, Veronica led the group forward. Grab his arms and legs, she barked as they cornered him. Four men grabbed a hold of him, roughly pushing him onto the floor, the rest circling around them in anticipation. Veronica, why don't you have the honors, a lanky man suggests as they make a pathway for her to get to him. She slowly walks towards him, her shoes clicking with each step. No longer scared, she raises the bat above her head, swinging it down onto his skull. A sickening crack could be heard before she continues the beating. Blood splattered to the ground. Multiple loud smacking and crunchy sounds could be heard as his skull was grounded into nothing more than undefiable amounts of flesh between his shoulders. Eyes wide, she began to laugh. This is normal, right? She asked herself, still smiling. If it is, then I can't wait till the next purge. Alright guys, and that was our take for Halloween on the Maze of Thoughts podcast. Hope you guys enjoyed that. Hope you guys had a great time. Because we sure had a great time writing it, acting it out, and putting it together. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, participations by me, Apollyon, Dice, hello. Hey, thank you again for uh, listening to the
story. We really worked hard on it, and we're hoping that you have a happy Halloween. Yes, indeed. And Miss Nummer. This was a lot of fun. I love storytelling, and I love that we put all of our creative juices together to create such an exciting and interesting take on The Purge. Indeed, it's our take on the Halloween Purge. It's going to be a, a Halloween, a Purge for hot, whatever. We're going to decide the title later. But <laughs> thank you guys very much for listening. Uh, if you enjoy this type of content, let us know. All right, let us know. Because uh, if you do, we might do some more stuff like this uh, in the future. All right. So I'm saying my goodbyes again. Uh, happy Halloween to everybody that listens to this podcast. And uh, see you in the next weekend. <laughs> Happy Halloween, everyone, and we'll see you next week. <laughs> and yes, next weekend. <laughs>